Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, along with co-host Rick Bulo for another HTDC podcast episode. Today, we're talking about one of the best ways to give your creativity a boost, a number of techniques designed to expand your mental and physical visual library so that your imagination has a rich well of ideas to work with for the characters, environments, and stories inside your comic books. So let's get straight into it. Rick, how are you doing today? I hear it's rather warm over there in Denmark at the moment. Yeah, it's getting, we're melting in Denmark right now. Almost 31 degrees today. It's just... Uh, Man, it's going to make it hard to work. That's like winter down in Australia, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. Because we're not used to it. It's kind of warm and deserty over here, you know. The, the vision of yeah. Australia. The scary, uh, dangerous animals and the, the hot sun. But no, when winter hits, it's very, um, especially in Melbourne where I live, where it gets colder than other places. You know, it's right down near Tasmania, which is probably the coldest part of Australia. Um, yeah, oh, it, can, really? it can get very, uh, look, put it this way, it'll get very brisk in the mornings. It's hard to get out of bed. Oh, oh brisk, brisk, yeah. Okay, I'm sta- sitting here laughing. Brisk. Yeah. <laughs> brisk, why is that? Because... When it's cold here in Denmark, it's literally freezing. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, compared to other parts in the world, like I heard in Canada, it can get to so cold that the petrol in your car actually freezes, uh, like minus 18 degrees. Okay, it's really bad winters here. It's like that. Far out. That is, uh, that's cold. That is very yes, cold. Yes, that's, that's what I say, that when I say it's 31 degrees here, you're just going... That's nothing. <clears throat> Look at us talking about the weather. I'm sure uh, the listeners are very engaged right now and entertained, but I'm <laughs> sure that they would be even more entertained by what we have to say about this visual library business and why it's so important, especially as a creator, because in in my mind, I believe that when it comes to coming up with ideas that are original, there's nothing really which is genuinely original out there. And all the great ideas that you see, all the ones that work like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and, uh, you know, The Matrix and, you know, classics like this. Um, And if you went back to, of course, comic books as well, like Spider-Man and Batman and all those other characters, they're not 100% genuinely original. In fact, they have been derived by an idea that has come before or a multitude of ideas mixed together in a blender which has then created something new and interesting now initially you might say well that kind of you know just copying another idea or or taking inspiration from another idea that doesn't sound like a good thing but in fact it kind of is because our brains by default are kind of empty buckets And in order to come up with new ideas by association, and association is something that our mind is very, very good at. You know, someone tells us something about, you know, a particular subject. We have an association to that. We compare it to something that we've experienced before. And so when you feed your mind with already existing ideas, it has something to play with, something to begin. It's almost like every existing idea that you give your brain is a new Lego block that it can begin building a brand new idea with. And so I think that that's one of the best ways to actually 
begin cultivating a story, a uh, cast of characters for your comic book, environments in which they can uh, base in which their their story can take place in. That's the best way to come up with something which is going to be compelling to other people, which is going to draw them in. And it's going to make your life easier as a creator as well. The question is, Rick, how do we go about doing that? How do we go about building that repertoire of interesting ideas that appeal to us within the themes and the genres that we enjoy working in uh, so that we can begin building our ideas and our uh, original stories, so to speak? Well, the problem is, again, with as there is with a lot of other things, is that there are so many ways to do it that it seems like too many ideas, so you, you kind of see it as there's no way to do it. But the, the idea of getting of being cre- creative and finding creative ideas is as simple as go outside and, and look. You can see, you can... You can go outside and just look around, and if you have the mind for it, look in the details of, like, a tree that's right next to you. Boom, there's swamp thing. <laughs> well, as yeah. An example. Totally. As an example, you can, look at, you, can, you can look at the pavement, uh, look, look on the streets and find, little, uh, find a little bug. Boom, there's, there's your new alien species to your new comic. Yeah, well, that's it's, the it's first step. Stuff. It's, it's, it's... Simple stuff like that that you need you need to twist your mind a little and not see what's on the surface of what you're look, looking at, but see the potential of of what you're looking at. Like I I had to, I have this challenge with my students uh, sometimes that I <coughs> the, the, find asking to ran- randomly do a Google search like a random search on something and then take the first picture and then use that as Creative, creative inspiration, either to make a new, like a new alien species or a new superhero out of it, and it really helps them in that way to de- develop the, the, their their quirky eyes, so to speak, in order to see the beyond that service of what they're looking at. Yeah, absolutely, the quirky eyes. I like that term. Um, but absolutely, man. Like, I think that. You're 100% right in what you've said there. It's immediately, if you just walk out the house, you're going, your mind is going to begin pinging off of the environment around you. It's going to start getting input, which is what it needs in order to be creative. And I think if you're a creative person, your mind kind of does that by default already anyway, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. Like, I don't think we can help that. Like, we'll watch or see something that we find interesting to us and automatically our brain will just start working away at it, thinking about potential storylines or plot ideas or potential characters. Uh, like, for example, the other night I was hanging out with a good buddy of mine and uh, we were having dinner and we were on the, the good old Netflix and we were watching a documentary on there. It was a documentary series, actually, by a guy who had spent 12 years in prison after being falsely accused of murder and now he... He was out. He was actually doing documentaries on the most dangerous prisons around the world. So he was traveling around to, like, the Ukraine, and he went to visit a prison there, went to visit a prison in Papua New Guinea. And 
All of them, of course, were like vastly different. Some of them were like, like the prison in Ukraine looked quite comfortable, actually. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as I guess the trailer or the preview for that episode was making out. Um, so you were kind of surprised by that. Um, Papua New Guinea had some pretty hardcore prisons over there. Definitely would want to escape that one. But the point is, is that, you know, you look at these different kind of environments and these different versions of, of what you might think of as a prison, for example, and automatically you start taking that in and it starts giving you ideas for, you know, a, a prison you might create in your own comic, whether it be a, a fantasy prison, say, like, you know, maybe from a, a story which would be similar from Game of Thrones or, you know, a sci-fi prison, for example, right? But the a documentary series like this gives you so many ideas, like the way in which it's structured, the way in which, um, you know, the bedding within the prison, the, the cells, um, even the uniform that the prisons, prisoners wear, it's super interesting to take a look at that and use it as essentially your reference library, your reference board for the potential concepts that you'll ultimately come up with for your own story. So I think documentaries are, are actually a really great thing to look into when it comes to thinking about you know different ideas that you might use for your story. Oh yeah, definitely. I use uh, <clears throat> I use I can't remember the English name of it, but National Ge- Geographic. Oh yeah. Is it called Is it called Blue Planet or, yeah. or something like that? Yeah, National Geographic, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, where they're really getting close with the animals and don't really speak, but only to focus on the animals. You can make a hell of a lot of screenshots on that for really great references to use in order to keep in your on your PC on your PC if you need it need it for that, and then take it in and use it for like a thousand different items. I I got a I got a picture of an orca jumping up. Jumping up from a, jumping from a, from the surface of the water, and just that gives me like like a hundred different ideas of of paintings that doesn't even involve the orca itself, but just the aesthetic of the whole picture and the whole environment gives me creative ideas to want to do stuff with it. Yeah. Like I, 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 I saw it and I was and I just pressed pause immediately and pressed screenshot and saved it because I knew somewhere down the line that was a picture that I would eventually want to use for something. Totally. And that's also something you need to work your mind to mind to don't don't think in the now what reference you need right here, right now, when you're just googling around or or, or watching movies. Think ahead. If you see a great scene in a in a movie, press pause and say, "Hmm, I may use this in the future for something that I haven't even come up with yet, but it looks like something usable." Yeah, take, take a, a screenshot, screenshot and hide <laughs> it and save it for reference when that time comes. You will you will love yourself for it because then when the time actually comes and you need it and it's not there. You would have to work your ass through Google and anywhere to find something similar, similar, and maybe not even give up of the same ideas you had when you first saw it. Yeah, and it might take you ages to find the same kind of reference that you were initially that you initially had right there in front of you, if you don't kind of seize the moment and take it there and then. Yeah, because you can easily forget that you can easily forget that whole idea, like. 
when you d- then sit sit there and like oh she oh what was that movie called i don't what was it the make no it wasn't the was it that no and then you then you hate yourself for not remembering the movie in the first place yeah exactly because you might just and remember then already, yeah and then already there you start getting frustrated and if you start getting frustrated even before you start well you already lost yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. so think i think ahead when you want to be creative train your mind to it as well yeah, <laughs> and there's more and, and don't just stay inside and do google man there's like you can take three steps outside and the, and the nature will almost have changed rapidly around you go one one kil- now i'm saying kilometers because that's what we use here in the real countries we use kilometers too <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm saying, real countries. <laughs> yeah. Go one kilometer away from your house and your the surroundings have changed so much that there is there's there's ample opportunity for even more places to get creative ideas from. You may have gotten got yourself into a forest instead of the main city just by that one kilometer. Who knows? But that changes everything for you. And you get exercise on top of that by walking or even running. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's the beauty of living in the suburbs, right? Because you're kind of halfway between the city and the country. So you got the best of both worlds there. And I I don't know, I guess like Melbourne here, which is a moderately big city, I guess you could say. um, I live about halfway from there, like 40 minutes or so. And... Mm. So you got the suburbs, you got the city, which is a massively different environment. It's like obviously packed full of buildings and people and, you know, different architectures. We have a very wacky mix of architecture here in Melbourne. And then if you drive, say, another 30, 40 minutes from where I am in the opposite direction to the city, what you end up with is kind of like this rural country type environment where, of course within these environments you can travel to different places like you could travel to say uh you know uh like farms and you know abandoned like industrial areas and stuff like that all of which have very interesting and mind inspiring subject matter for you to sink your brain into essentially so you of course when you're actually traveling around on foot and, and by car and that kind of thing, and you're not on Google, you want to always have your camera on you, which I guess most of us do these days with our camera phones and whatnot. But, Rick, you said you've traveled a fair bit, which is not something I can say for myself. I barely traveled at all. I went to Vanuatu, stayed in a resort the entire time, and that was about it. But you've traveled uh, all around I, Europe. Yeah, I uh, well, not... not not just one not just at one summer like it's been for the whole 30 years i've always tried to at least once a year try to get out in in one shape or form and when i'm traveling i i've always wanted to experience things rather than that just not not to not to put your idea of uh, what you did down but sitting on a resort and just relaxing on vacation has never really been me i want to (laughs) see things i want to I know I know sometimes as well it can be good but I want to see I want to see the nature I want to see the country I mean like when I was in Greece I don't think I stood still I don't even I think I relaxed for even one day at those uh, 14 days I was there because there was so much to see like ancient Rome ruins and wow everything so yeah I've traveled a lot and it 
help me help my creative creative library build up a lot at least in my head yeah you must have an absolutely massive amount of images as well that you would have taken while you were traveling like again those ancient yeah. Rome ruins man that would have man, i would have just had my camera out the entire time with that oh yeah i i i had a little but i'm all i've always been had a, had a, had a good brain when it come, came to picture memory in a sense and i always been like why have your phone out and take the and look at look at all the stuff from your phone instead of look experience it with your eye with your eyes you know the problem that many people are discussing these days with everyone sitting with their faces in the phones and i've always had that that okay yeah i take a few pictures but i want to experience experience it myself more than actually have my have my head slumped into a phone and experience it through the phone Totally. So, I mean, but you can have I, have both. Pic- I, I have pictures. I have pictures, of course. Yeah, right. And, and if I need a need a picture that I don't have, well, when it comes to when it comes comes to uh, Google, uh, Greece, you can literally find any, anything on Google because that's an, that's such a familiar spot. But when I've been out traveling, like let's say, let's say the outskirts of France or. Such so like uh, such places where I find different things where I may may th- uh, may think well I I might not be able to find a lot of pictures of this. Then of course I'll take more pictures just to be safe. Totally. What what's one of the most interesting places that you've ever seen before, Rick? Uh, Does anything come to mind? There's so there, I think it's I you know, it got so it got that got to be Iceland for sure. Wow, I traveled all across Iceland for for almost uh, fourteen days. Again, that's that's the still. And I was only fourteen years old. Wow, that is amazing. So your parents took you traveling around pretty much uh, that was everywhere. My, that was my grandma because she had she had worked there most of her life, so she got she knew people. And when I was really really little, she had promised me to take me there, and that she. Is amazing. Uh, and she made good on that promise and took me by myself, just me and her, up and visited her old friends that we left with. So we got the we got the first hand from people that lived there, got shown shown around to the great great places, to the great waterfalls, to the great everything. It was just yeah. I think I took a uh, I think I think I took a thousand pictures in total there yeah, on that vacation, and that wasn't digital back then. Totally. So, that would have been one heck of an experience. It was. It's real. It really was an experience beyond because there's also like rocks in, down inside cliffs that, with small passageways that you can just barely squeeze your in, yourself into and then walk like almost a kilometer. No, not like, like 500 meters. Yeah. Inside the inside that cliff being. Only that little pa- passageway with, and downstairs, if you look down on your feet, you're realizing you're you're actually on a ledge where you could easily slip down and fall into freezing blue water. Wow. I think that was the biggest experience I had, and I've tried to get that experience down into painting so many times, but it, I just can't get it. 
Yeah. Because it was it was also the inter feeling of being oh okay this this I I need to know what what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But there was it, it's uh it's the most beautiful place on earth in my opinion, Iceland. Yeah. And I guess like environments that are vastly different in that way such as, you know, these these odd rock formations and caves is another one are almost so alien, they seem so alien to us visually sometimes. I know there's been many times when I've been on a, like a cave tour, again, only in Australia really, in, in like Tasmania they have some amazing caves down there. But, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're looking at these rock formations and the way that the stalagmites and, and tights have uh, grown and and why they've grown in that way. And that's another really cool thing, especially when you're on a tour, Man, there's nothing better for getting getting your ideas flowing because you're actually there in the environment and there's someone telling you the backstory and the origins behind it, which I find just makes the experience so much better um, when, when you're being explained why things are the way that they are on mm-hmm. within the environment and the tour that you're on. It helps at least, but yeah. also... also... Being there alone and not have a tour guide and actually just come up with the ideas yourself can also be rather fun. Totally. I have too many questions then, though. I'm like, what was in here? Why was this created? Like, what was but this then, for? Then your, then your own creativity will feed on it, after all, and get stronger by it because then you'll come up with your own amazing answers just to satisfy your need to know. Yeah. And then your creativity will start just going wild and you and that's what you want after all. That's what this podcast question was about. So do that as well will be equally strengthening your uh, your creativity. Yeah, totally, man. And we can use anything for for our creativity because I love the way our mind works. I just love the way that it plays with ideas and, and builds upon them. Like, you can expand an idea from a very, very small origin. You know, you might see one little thing that sparks off a hint of an idea, and the more you contemplate it and the more you ponder upon it, the bigger it's going to get. And you never know what direction it's going to go in, especially when you start combining different ideas together. I find that that's one of the... It's so fun to do that as a creative person. Well, to to bring something in as a great example as well that yeah. that everybody should know by now is Pokemon. Oh yeah, Pokemon for Pokemon, sure. Pokemon as as an example, that's exactly what we're talking about with when it comes to mixing things together and use your creativity to to create these really wild and utterly ins- crazy combinations of, well, this is my opinion, stupid animals. <laughs> Man, you're yeah, going to get the Pokemon fans angry at us, Rick. Uh, well, by now I'm getting everybody angry, Clayton, so it's okay. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, so, so go on. But my point remains, Pokemon, Digimon, all those uh, many Japanese uh, things... Uh, really have that creativity showing in sometimes a very bizarre way but still it's it's the thought of them using the creativity count that matters like if you had a if you had a really strong creativity 
look to your look to your right side right now on on your table for example what's there closest to your hand behind beside your mouse yeah well, that's an example yeah that go, that goes for everything you can right now i have i have uh, danish kroner which is the coin we pay with cool and having create be if you're creative enough you can make that into a whole world a whole base that make that literally into a, a whole planet of it of its own like start thinking what if this what if this had life what what would live there what would it be like stuff like sure. that as an example yeah and when you think about the history behind that like every little thing object that you see around yeah. you every place every person has a history behind them they have an entire story your mind will go crazy if you, if you if you continue if you just let it let it go crazy so you you better you better have it in control but the point is there's there's no place where you won't where there isn't a chance for you to use your creative creative juices to to come up with something if you really 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 do your best and know how to do it yeah the but i think that's all that's also part of the question isn't it how do we how do you open up to 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 get to that part of yourself that you'll be able to do that because i think that's that's a big problem for many artists as well how do you how do you open up and let the, let those creative juices flow as freely as we're talking about here yeah, what are the techniques and, and that kind of thing? And the thing is, the the mind, it needs intentional direction, I think. Because if you say, for example, um, you, you know, we, we both teach, right, Rick? So if you say to a group of students, okay, guys, I'm giving you a character design assignment. You can create anything you want, okay? the uh, You've got a limitless boundary of which you can Big play. Panic. It's like nothing, it's like they're frozen, like the brain just can't come up with anything, even though there's like literally no boundaries in which it's confined to. And this 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 makes me think of a really interesting uh, experiment that they did at, it was at a university or um, um, so, some school of, of some kind, where the teacher gave the students an assignment and they basically had to write a paper on something um, on their hometown or something like that. And or was was it on anything? I think it was on anything at first. And they brought their papers back after after a week or two, and they handed in the assignment. And all of them scored really badly because the papers just they weren't interesting. They weren't compelling. There was really no substance to them. No, no level of depth. So the teacher decided to kind of change the assignment up a little bit. And instead of getting them to write about uh, something which was ambiguous, he said, well why don't we make this assignment about the hometown that uh, you grew up in? So it was the town that, that they were actually in. And anyway, they went away and they did that, the students, and then they handed in their assignments again a week later, and they scored significantly higher. And because of this massive difference, the teacher, he figured that there was something in this, the, the direction of content or the direction of, uh, I guess, ideas that, this particular set of students had to play around in. So he decided to take it up a notch again. He said, well, what I'd like you guys to do is write a paper on the building across the street from us. And it was outside the window of the classroom. 
And so they went away and did that, handed in the assignment, and it, they did even better, right? Because the more specific, like I think they got to the point where they were writing about the brick on the building across the street from them. And because they got that specific, for some reason, their minds were just able to work so much better with that. And so in a weird way, like you would think it would be the opposite, right, Rick? Like if you gave somebody the option to do anything they were, that they wanted, write a story about anything, create a character about anything, you would think that that would come up with the most amount of ideas. But in fact, it's the opposite. In fact, mm-hmm. that's when people's minds just freeze and can't come up with anything at all. And yet, when you give someone spe- a specific boundary to work within in order to generate their ideas, they seem to do much better. Right? So we could even do this experiment right now with, with the, uh, us and the listeners. For example, if we ask somebody to think of a creator right now, um, you know, we'll just give them a second to do that. So, so think of any character right now. Design them in your own mind. It's got to be an original character. It can't be one of your favorite characters that that already exists. It's got to be a completely original character. So go ahead and think of it now. Right. So you might think of something. Something might come to mind. Something vague. Usually, your ideas are going to start out fairly unsculpted inside your mind. But what if I said now? Think of a character, think of a sci-fi character, right? Automatically, we've got the sci-fi bucket of themes and genre to work within, and there's a bunch of elements that all of a sudden we can use, a bunch of different costumes that we might add to the character or body types. And so if you think of that, it's probably much easier to think of a character within a specific theme. But now you might say, well, think of... A female sci-fi character, right? Well, suddenly that's even easier to think of. Yeah? So it's super interesting the way, like, if you're struggling to come up with a new idea for, say, a character or an environment, if you just get out a sheet of paper and you write down a list of specifics, that's really going to help you to prototype an idea very rapidly and very clearly. It's one of the first things I get my students to do when I hand out a new character design assignment is also, or an environment assignment. Like, for example, my students this semester are working on an interior environment assignment. The first thing I got them to do was to write down an extensive description of what they were seeing when they walked in to this interior environment inside their mind's eye. Well, that's, that's the... the good thing about human beings is that they may have most human beings have this vast and vivid imagination but it needs guiding from in order to be focused and if you focus your brain as we talked about on other circumstances before with a focused mind everything becomes easier and this is once more, a good proof of that, because if you focus your mind and give yourself some guidelines with, within that, it, it becomes maybe not easier at first, but the results becomes better and more detailed and more, you can really, it's, it's more fini- uh, finished than perhaps 
it would have been if you just said, just been told, go nuts with what you want. Because then, then the opportunity is just too big for you to know where to start and finish. But with a few, just a few simple guidelines, it makes it easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these techniques are super important. And being able to implement them and knowing when to implement them is what's going to really allow you to, to quickly come up with something cool. Um, you know, it's funny. Well, what's that? Sorry? Well, listen, when we before we continue, jump a little, yeah. that's, if you've seen just in the, my last three challenges, I have been more, I've gotten more and more strict with my rules as On well. On the Facebook group, right? Yeah. Little by little, I've made more stricter and stricter guidelines towards it. The first one was basically just make, make, a, make, this, uh, make, make Clayton's character in your own mind. Yeah. That was as free as one could get, really, and it still be a somewhat challenge. Yeah. And then the next one, then the next one, I gave them specific guidelines of what they were not allowed to use when in the in the character mer merge, mm. merging, amalgam. I think it's called the universe. The idea stemmed from. Yep. Where I said you weren't allowed to use those characters. It became a little easy. Uh, it became a little e easier, or maybe even harder for some people. But the results was, was, in my opinion, so much better. Yeah, totally. So much more, f so much more finished, at least. Yeah, big time, man. <clears throat> and, and now I'm looking forward to the next one because I think that's the more, that's the strictest one so far, where they have to make a comic from start to finish within ten panels. That's cool. That is a good, good challenge to do. Um, so, so it it, it just makes uh, makes another example of what we are talking about that <clears throat> that put in your give if you if you want, need to create a new new things start by write start by giving yourself some guidelines of what you're allowed to use what you're not allowed to use or do like I do to, with the Google uh, with the random Google image search and think okay. I need a character based on this next picture, no matter what it is. It will be hard at first. It will be hard at first, but it will help you in the long run to do so. I yeah. challenge you to do that same, Clayton. Yeah, totally. It'll be very, very fun to to do that. Actually, like my students loved it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a super at first, cool thing at first, they, at first they hated it, but when they found out how to do it, they they loved it, and they now still come back to me and ask if I. Why, why we're not doing that challenge again when yeah. I'm saying well it's not a challenge anymore because now you know what to do how to do it yeah I guess it's it's funny in a way because I guess a lot of people feel like when we're talking about you know take ideas from here take ideas from there they feel like almost like frauds right because it's not a hundred percent from their mind but as we just talked about if it's a hundred percent from your mind, you know, and and you haven't had any input from from a third party. Well, that idea is probably going to be generic and not that great anyway. Because regardless of what you think, uh, you're you're going to have to draw something from your brain. And because our brain kind of just stores symbolic versions of the things that we've taken in in the past. You know, for example, if mm. we were to all draw a castle right now on a on the page in front of us. Probably the the castle that we would draw would be like 
you know, maybe the last castle that we saw might be from Lord of the Rings. It might be from, you know, a Disney movie or something. But a ruin in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, but it would probably be pretty simplistic, actually. You know, we wouldn't have the level of resolution there for our mind to work with. There wouldn't be the de- the subtle details. And so, but, you know, if we jumped online, we grabbed a bunch of castle references that we were referencing, that we were kind of working from, well, we would come out with a much epic-looking, more epic-looking castle. It would be much more fleshed out, interesting, detailed, and solid as a drawing. And so um, I, I think that, you know, it's a good idea not to not to get too caught up in, in you know, worrying about being unoriginal or anything like that. Because even the even your inspirations are going to be interesting to those who love your work. Like one of the one of my most favorite video games, Silent Hill, for example. Well, I remember after playing that game, I wanted to know where they got that idea from because I was so intrigued by it. I thought it was fantastic. And of course, you know, they got they, that idea was derived from a multitude of sources. One of them being Jacob's Ladder, which was you know I checked out that movie. It was a great movie as well. So. It's almost like when you create something, the narrative of your process for creating can be just as interesting as the end product. So I don't think that people are going to like judge you for taking your ideas from somewhere else and using them to inspire your idea well, because it, it's totally okay. You're going to come out with something great and people are going to – it's going to build upon that end product. Indeed. And yeah. And and the other thing is, if you come out with something strictly from your brain and your mind that no one else has anything relatable to, that'll bite you in the butt as well. Because people need something relatable in some weird shape or form in order to like what they're seeing. So it's that makes it even both funnier and more and and, and trickier because. People want to see something original, but their brain is built in that sense. We talked about earlier that they need something as well, something relatable in a sense. Yeah, something familiar. Yeah, so you can't be all original Yeah. and still, and still get away with as much as you want without having to be relatable in some senses as well. Like you can't find a super, you can't find a solely speaking of comics. Mm. Do you do do you think? And this is for the viewers as well. Do you think Todd McFarlane was all original when he made Spawn? <laughs> of or the not. And the characters in Spawn? No. And he's the most. And he's and he's probably the artist right right now to this day that everybody would say is the most on or uh, the most original with his ideas right well everybody loves but, spawn he's a very different but, superhero but you don't have to you don't have to break him down too much to see to find the relatable in him yeah yeah which, totally. which makes it even it's basically relatable items and then with a with a service of something original and new well, yeah. Done in a really great way. And same with aliens. H.R. Uh, Geiger's was the was the one who created them as paintings in back in the day. Yeah, and then what James Cameron was like, hey, I like that. That'd make a cool alien character. 
Yeah, and Geiger got them from from somewhere else. From, he got them from he got them from different mixing box together uh, and and ex exoskeleton a skeleton skeleton box and really delved into the finesse of drawing that so it looked mm. proper, you know, on uh, Beatles and such the exoskeleton there. That's what he was fascinated about when he started the drawing that. Well, yeah, yeah. H.R. Geiger had a lot of nightmares, so he drew a lot of inspiration from that. Exactly, but also relatable stuff in a way, especially from from him, but from us that might not relate in the same sense as he did with what he was doing, find it's really new and thought it was just coming from his fantasy and nothing else. But he had relations to it in one way or another because he saw things differently than we did everybody sees things differently after all in one shape or form he just managed to use that to yeah. to get people who keep people around him fooled that he fooled quote unquote of course that he was something that he picked something from out of nowhere and put it on paper yeah. Which is amazing, which is amazing in itself that he was able to do that. But basically, to my point, it was relatable to him. Yeah. Yeah. It, a great, another great example of what you're t- exactly talking about, Rick, is say that uh, we want to design a, ca- a dragon character for our next comic book. You know, it might be a fantasy comic book. And, and we want to come up with a dragon that is original. Well, there's two ways that we could go about that, right? Like, we could decide to make it completely original. And I heard this example from a an artist called Feng Zhu. He's an entertainment design artist. And, uh, and you know, for example, you could say, well, I'm going to have this dragon be made out of bubble, uh, bubble gum. And instead of breathing fire, the dragon is going to breathe candy, right? It's going to spit candy at people. <laughs> Which, you know, that's a completely 100% original idea for a dragon, right? There's no other dragons like that. The question is, are people going to like that better than a dragon that we've kind of based off of Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Merlin, right? Where all those dragons kind of look the same, right? Now, the reason Mm. that a dragon, which kind of looks the same as all the other dragons that are already out there, is going to work better than the bubblegum candy-breathing dragon is because people already have an expectation and idea of what a dragon is inside their mind. And if you're creating something that is original but that they can't relate with or understand, then they're not going to like it. It's like a stranger, right? It's like you're always going to like your friend better than you like a complete stranger because you're familiar with them. Well, I don't really like my friend because I'm familiar (laughs) with him. But, yeah, I get the point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Again, it needs to be relatable, with, and then have a cover a cover. Uh, uh, is it called glazing? The one you the thing you put on cakes, the white. Yeah, yes, the icing. Yeah, the icing. Decoration. And then you ice the, Then your eyes put, and then the icing of the relatable cake. The icing is the originality of it the new what comes directly from your mind yeah totally 
but then we're we're going back to the going back to the your startup question mm. because we now we're talking about being relatable with your with your creativity but we still have actually answered your your first question yeah how do how, how do we how do we get the creativity flowing we, we we've touched on it but we we haven't directly answered it yet yeah i mean we've kind of gone there we've we've said well you want to write a list and of specifics about the idea uh one other really cool technique that i love in order to make an idea that seems fairly original and that is probably you know quite original but relatable at the same time because that's what we're talking about here right the the conundrum that we have where you want to create an idea which is original in you but you want to make it relatable with your audience in a way that they understand it and can relate with it based on their past experience of already existing ideas well one really cool thing that you can do is you can combine multiple ideas so we talked about pokemon before well what would happen if you combined pokemon with say um say the matrix right two very <laughs> different things but something which could create something very original and very very interesting they already I'm exist so, I'm, I'm sorry but now i'm just seeing pikachu in in trinity in that trinity <laughs> jump while the camera rolls around him well you know i mean that was my first that one about my first image yeah totally. yeah, yeah. Totally. the example is good i i like you might have this this virtual world with the Pokemon existing within it, right? And it might be like people are kind of like stuck in this world, but you know maybe they they managed to somehow pull the the Pokemon type characters out of the this Matrix type world and into the real world, right? I mean, how cool would that be? Or maybe in order to discover the, these Pokemon creatures, they went into the Matrix to begin with, found them there, and then brought them back out. Isn't, so that cool. the, isn't that the story for Digimon, though? Oh, well, I have no idea, right? So <laughs> there you go. They probably did the exact same thing. Um, and in fact, yeah, the Matrix... I'm not, sure. I'm not sure, but it's a good point that it seems that idea has already been taken. Well, yeah, Matrix. right? It's a cool idea. I mean, you could do that with anything. Uh, and as I was going to say, the, the Matrix was actually based on or at least inspired by Ghosts in the Shell to an extent yeah. so it's it's this creative world that we live in works in a certain way in order to come up with cool ideas so you know a little project that we could give the listeners here um would be to write down maybe well to if you have no idea at all maybe take two or three already existing ideas that you really like like for example let's see i really love berserk the the anime series the manga series you know, you saw the recent artwork I did for that in the last podcast. I really love mm -hmm. things like Berserk. I love Spawn. I really like the Phantom. Um, you know, I love Dragon really Ball like, Z. You like cotton? You like cotton candy? Uh, <laughs> cotton candy dragons. Yeah. Um, but if if I combine like Berserk, Dragon Ball Z, Spawn, and the Phantom all into one idea, imagine how cool that would be. It'd be epic, right? Um, so you have your you have your very own quote unquote original idea in many people's eyes. Yeah, but it but would be relatable. What, what you only know is that you're, it's relatable for you because it's from all these other places. Yeah, 
And people and would be very intrigued as to where that idea came from as well. And I'd be able to tell them, you know. Or keep it a secret to make it even more interesting. Well, yeah, totally, totally. Um, but a good point. So, uh, and uh, I missed I missed the chance to like make another point. Like, yeah, Spider Man. Let's speak Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Let's Everybody go. knows Spider. Let's speak Spider Man. Everybody loves Spider Man. I I, I think if, he's an okay character. He's not. No, I don't. Uh, I I'm not hundred percent sure of his the original idea by by Stan Lee. But if I had to break him down as my as myself, mm. I can. I can easily see where the possibilities of ideas would come from. It would be go the easy way, give give a human being animal powers. That's the easy way. But there's also guards with those kind of powers that Spider-Man possesses. Yeah. That could also have been a place where, where they got that idea. I'm not saying it is. I say mm. it could have been a possibility if you were looking for ideas Oh yeah, totally. Like I mean, that's what a hero is derived from, like uh, somebody who has power which is far greater than a normal human. So yeah, mm. yeah, you could definitely compare like gods to to superheroes. The idea of mutants, yeah, uh, X Men, yeah, that stems uh, that stems from Homo. Uh, that's probably most likely him stems from the idea of evolution. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, it totally does. Well, it, it's they stated so much, so yeah, it does. But I think the idea probably came came from the from the Darwin evolution tree in the yeah, first place. Absolutely, man. I mean, so again, relate, relatable, but also feeling original. Yeah, big time. Yeah, like the, I mean, the actionable steps that you can take here. If you're listening and you're looking to come up with a cool idea, one, get out of the house. You know, maybe take an excursion, just spend a day maybe traveling around your neighborhood. If you live near the city, travel to the city, travel to the country, and take your camera with you. Gather as many reference images as possible. If you can't get out of the house, jump onto Google, or Pinterest is my new favorite at the moment, Pinterest.com. You can find so many awesome reference images on there. So if you've at least got your theme with you, you can kind of go, well, you know, I'm going to look up fantasy characters or fantasy movies or environments, right? So it's kind of no, like... No, 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 not even that. Don't don't go... That's the easy way. Like, if you dude, really why, want to... Make it easy. Why not make it easy? If you want to challenge it, well, that depends. <laughs> that depends because I, I'm, still, I'm still stuck in the idea uh, in the question of how to force your creative flow running. Yeah. And again, in my in my way, again, different uh, different opinions. Totally, yeah. You, ha- you have to force it out by training yourself, by looking at the small things, and then make things come out of that in your head. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like instead of going searching for fantasy, go search for, like, think, okay, this character, he needs he he. He he's from the future, so go search. Go search of sci-fi. NASA. That would sci-fi. be sci-fi, no. right? <laughs> no, go uh, ast- astronauts. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Stuff like that. You want to add uh, add to that? It's that, a mixture. Things things that perhaps exist in real life that you mm. can use as as a stepping ladder to push even further to make it 
unrealistic but still relatable because it have, has that sense of realism behind it. That that also yeah. helps and you yeah. force your creativity to work, think outside the box. Because well, if you go <laughs> if you go in my again in my opinion, if you go directly and search for fantasy, what you basically want to create is right in front of you because chances are if you if you just go fantasy you're still stuck with that too wide a spectrum that your brain goes I don't know where to start. But if, but that's exactly why it's great to start with a genre and theme because come on Rick like if I said uh, all right fantasy throw out f- like five things that you can think of to do with fantasy go. Dragons. Yeah. Knights. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Bizarre races like ogres and trolls. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Like castles, swords. Yeah. Like already. Medieval. Medieval. Yeah, medieval stuff. But here's a cool thing. It's kind of a mix of yours as well because once you've thought of the theme, then you can be like, well, this fantastic theme probably has some interesting architecture that you could definitely compare with you know many of the European architectures or even like ancient architectures like the Mayans exactly. and stuff, so it's kind of I, like I, I, mix, I, think right? I, I think it just misunderstood you when you said go yeah. search Pinterest fantasy on Pinterest because well yeah we can both agree that that might not be helpful but it's but have the overall 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 idea of wanting to do a fantasy and then search for the more details of what you want in that fantasy totally. would help even more. Well, I mean, you know, regardless, I, I think the next step, once once you've done the first one, um, is to get that reference library happening, whether you're filling it with images that you've taken in real life or images that you've found on the net. Build the reference library, the physical one. Make a folder on your computer. Make a bunch of categories and start saving things into them. Like in my reference library, like I could get it up on my PC now, um, I've got such a huge, vast reference library. And I'll, I'll just tell you some of the categories. I've got anatomy. I've got angels, um, brutes, character design, clothing, uh, coloring examples, um, creatures, ex- expressions, facial expressions, helmets of all things. So I've got a bunch of different like folders in that reference library that I just draw upon. Uh, superhero costume inspiration. You've got a bunch of references for that, right? Yeah, um, you have to. So yeah, and and of course, you know, writing that list of specifics that we talked about, man, and and combining ideas, smashing them together in order to come up with something new, putting them in that creative blender, so to speak, is another really great tactic for coming up with something which is relatable. And when we say relatable, Rick, what we're really saying is people think it's cool, right? Yeah. Like people think it's cool because they can relate with it. It's it's interesting to them. They know it but it's still like different enough that they're intrigued to check it out a little bit more. Um, so yeah. It could also just be it could also just be relatable in the sense that they go, "Huh, hey, this reminds me. This reminds me of something faintly like like a like a childhood memory." Yeah. Re- relatable in that sense that it's not nothing. Totally. Like, it doesn't have to relate to another character or another comic or another drawing it just have to be relatable in in some shape or form 
Yeah, well, if you're talking to a friend about a new comic you've found, right, a new comic book series you've cracked into, like one of the first things that you're going to say to them is, oh, you know, man, it's kind of like, you know, the Venom series or it's kind of like, you know, the it's kind of like Sin City. It has a similar style to Sin City. And then they're going to be like, oh, cool, man, like I love Sin City. I'm going to check out this new comic, which is like Sin City. Just And they're going to check it out because it's like that other idea. That already exists. Exactly. That's actually that's actually how I sold uh, uh, our latest uh, interviewee uh, Nick Malanchik's comic book. Yeah. To uh, to a few friends because I was like, you I know you guys like Metal Gear Solid art. Totally. Well, take a look at take a look at this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And they're they're all such such great techniques. So I think we've. We've hit upon something here that a lot of people struggle with. I know I struggle with it big time. Like, even the other day I was sitting down, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, what what idea would I use for a comic book when I create one someday? And it's like, you know, without anything to work with, it's very hard to, to come up with something compelling. And um, I think I want to just, you know, let people know who are listening that original doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be good, right? Oh, no. So... No. Don't... I mean, Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty was original, after all. <laughs> well, man, I mean, Hello Kitty has probably made a lot of money, so it worked. Yeah, but it's not, it's not good, Clayton. That's my point. <laughs> and now exactly. I also got Hello Kitty fans to dislike me. I'm, yeah, I'm well, getting them all tonight. I'm getting them all tonight. We're losing, like, you know, like eighty percent of our audience base today. <laughs> no, no, they're gonna stay here for your sexy accent. Oh, maybe, maybe. My sexy accent is kind of like, you know, a little bit limited today because I was kind of recovering from a little bit of a cold this week and I went to teach and I lost my voice while teaching. Um, Like I got to the the end of the class, it was back-to-back classes and uh, by the end I was like barely able to talk. So I've probably sounded the best today that I've sounded all week. (laughs) We actually had to Uh, delay the podcast a few days. Your girlfriend must have enjoyed the silence then. Oh, no, yeah, she does. That, no, she does. <laughs> that, that, that's rude. That's too far. Rick, no, it's, be nice. It's okay, Rick. We're used to it. I'm used to it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Yeah, we've been here for, what, 12 episodes now? Yeah, we've been here for 12 episodes. And you, hope- should be used, you should be used to it by now. Yeah, I am. I am. And ho- hopefully, you know, the, the listeners out there have got something out of out of these episodes. I know that, uh, and yeah. to the to the to the listeners out there, always feel free when you when you see our we upload new stuff to comment below if there's any subjects you would like us to talk about or discuss. Because even though we have still a lot of ideas, the, uh, this podcast is made to help you guys. So if you have something you struggle with that you feel could could be a whole podcast worth, or at least some of podcast worth. Mm. Write it down in the com- comments below, wherever you you listen to this podcast. Yeah, time. We could even do like a like a podcast episode where we answer questions that people have written in, and we could kind of talk about that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, at the end of the day, it is for you guys out there listening. So definitely make like get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. It'll be yeah, great. touch us. I mean, get in touch with us. Don't touch us. <laughs> ah, Rick. 
it's too it's too it's too in the goddamn night here. What do you expect? What from time me? is it there? It's two eighteen. Two eighteen. That is very late, dude. Get some sleep. And it's very <laughs> and it's very hot as well. You know when your when your brain feels like mush and you're yeah. just giggling because you can. Oh man. That's how I feel right now. Because you're tired and hot. I yeah. hate working in the heat, man. I'm so unproductive. I just want to just collapse. It's exhausting heat. Yeah. Um, but on all that my note... Windows have been, all my windows have been open, and guess how little that helped me? Probably a lot. Uh, very little. <laughs> very little. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, we should probably leave it there. So It, it was yeah. an awesome episode. I really enjoyed this one, man. So, um, hey, same here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, guys who are listening, thanks and gals, I should say, because uh, yeah. we have yeah, quite don't. a lot of we have quite a lot of female listeners. Actually, it's it's super interesting because we see um, you know the different audience uh, demographics who who join the group and and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's it's pretty even these these days, at least with uh, with the the ladies and the lads. So um, guys, what I've noticed, what I've yeah. noticed is that. that that we have a lot of females. Dude, we do. But so many. But, but why they were probably not as noticed as the males is because the males is more outspoken in when in a, in comments and posts. But when the females <laughs> finally write, they they, they write smart, usually smarter things than the uh, more <laughs> outspoken of males. Yeah. True. True. See, see, now I'm getting the back, Clayton. Now yeah. I'm support. I'm supporting them now. And now we're get now we're gonna get into some trouble. We should stop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Thanks so much. On a serious note, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, we always appreciate you being here. And of course, Rick, thank you for joining us again. It's a pleasure as yeah. always. Always awesome. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks so much for watching. And until then, keep on creating. <laughs>